Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to the November 19th, 2023 OA Rise Speaker Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. My name is Marcia H., and I am a compulsive eater and a food addict, and I'm your host for this meeting. OA Rise stands for Recovery Inspires Shared Experiences, and we are glad that you are all here. For those who wish to please join me uh, muted at home um, with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you all. As we extend the heart and hand of the OA Fellowship to those who still suffer, let us be mindful of OA's unity with diversity policy, which respects our differences, yet unites us in the solution to our common problem. Whatever problem you may have with food, you are welcome at this meeting. And let's see, Janice is going to unmute and read for us the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Thanks very much, Janice. Uh, let's see, Melinda H, please unmute and read for us the steps of OA. Hi, I'm Melinda, I'm a grateful member of OA. 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thanks, Melinda. And Judy B., could you please unmute and read for us the traditions? Okay. I am Judy B. I'm an overeater. And these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. 
a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks very much, Judy B. Uh, according to our seventh tradition, we are self-supporting through our own contributions. Contributions can be made by PayPal to our email address, info at oarise.org, or you can visit our website at oarise.org and click the Contribute Now button on the home screen. A suggested donation of $3 allows us to cover the cost of the Zoom subscription, and it also helps us to maintain in the OA Rise website where we upload and store the recordings for you and all OA members. Your seventh tradition contributions are needed to keep the OA Rise meeting going. Thank you so much for your support. This is a two and a half hour speaker meeting. At this time, all attendees are muted. The, this meeting is being recorded so that an audio only recording can be posted on the oarise.org website. Please note that by sharing or asking a question, you consent to being recorded and having the recording posted on the OA website. If you have a question for the speaker but don't want your voice to be heard on the recording, please send your question to a co-host and they will read your question anonymously for you. Today's co-hosts are Bianca, Sherry, Denise, and also Audrey will be joining us uh, later on in the meeting. The chat feature is currently turned off except to communicate with myself, the host, or the co-hosts. Additionally, only hosts will have the ability to change attendees' names. If you would like your name changed or need any assistance during the meeting, please feel free to contact us through the chat to protect OA Rise from individuals outside of our program who have been disrupting meetings. At this time, anyone joining the meeting or anyone who does not currently have their camera on will be restricted from turning their video on until there's an appropriate break in the meeting. Should you want to have your video on, please do so now. This is your, this is your, uh, your heads up. We appreciate your understanding as we do our best to make this a safe meeting. Okay, 
everybody got their warning. Please note that specific foods may be mentioned at this meeting, and we will be taking a five-minute break approximately halfway through the meeting. And finally, just a reminder that opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. And today it's my very extreme pleasure to introduce you to our two speakers, Jennifer M. and Stacy B., to talk about our topic, sponsorship, the hopes, the fears, and the joys. And uh, without further ado, Jennifer and Stacy, take it away. Thanks so much for being here today. Great. Thank you, Marcia. Thank you. I'm Jennifer, compulsive overeater. And I'm Stacy, recovered bulimic, recovered sugar addict, and a compulsive overeater and restrictor. And we are actually together in the same yeah. room, even though there's like a dividing line there. So we got together to do this today. And thank you to Marcia for asking us to speak. Um, we're going to start with sharing our stories. Um, I'll go first, and then Stacy will go. And then after the break, we will talk more about sponsorship. But also during sharing our stories, we'll share about sponsorship as well. Um, so I guess, is there a timer or should I just time? Yeah, things? I'm going to be timing. Um, what's okay. your goal and how would you like to be uh, told about the time? Okay, so I think my goal is 25 to 30 minutes. Okay. So maybe like maybe 15 and 25. Sounds great. Okay. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to go that long, but just in case. I'll save more time for Stacy. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm Jennifer, compulsive overeater, and I'm really grateful to be here today. And it's so nice to see familiar faces, new faces. This is a very welcoming meeting. Um, you know, what a great thing to be doing on a Sunday afternoon. So I um, like to share like, you know, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. And, you know, when I first came into OA, I used to have like pages and pages of notes and, you know, trying to follow my, my notes and my updates. And then I was like, well, what it was like and what happened, like those things are in the past. And that's kind of a stagnant thing that doesn't really change. And so you know, what it's like now is really what it's like today in this moment. So I'll get there towards the end. But um, I've been in OA since August of 2011. And I've been abstinent since February 2012. And I've lost weight in OA. I've gained weight in OA. Um, I've never stopped coming back. Um, you know, I've gotten a lot of relief from compulsive overeating and the obsessive thinking which I'm really grateful for. And I have a sponsor, I have sponsees. So I stay very close to my OA program. Um, I do like to start like at the very beginning of like, you know, when I was born, because I really feel like I was born a compulsive overeater and I was raised by compulsive overeaters. So part of my story is that I'm adopted. And so when I was adopted, you know, my, the, my adoptive mother who raised me was definitely a compulsive overeater. And she does identify herself as one of us, although she doesn't go to meetings. Um, and, you know, I was an overweight, overweight kid. I, you know, compulsively ate from the moment I could remember. 
And, you know, I was always a bit chubby and it was like the topic of conversation in our house. It was like, you know, literally the elephant in the room kind of thing where, you know, like, oh, if you would just lose weight, you would be so pretty or, you know, you have such a pretty face, but you're overweight. Like just all those things. My grandma used to say, you know, if you weren't overweight, you wouldn't be so hot. And it's like, you know, we're in Wisconsin in the middle of the summer where it's, you know, 80 degrees and a hundred percent humidity and like, everybody's hot, like, you know, so, you know, it was really hard growing up with all those messages. And I, I believed it. Like, I believe that, you know, nobody would love me if I wasn't thin, you know, and part of that I think is growing up in our society too, um, you know, growing up in the seventies and eighties. So you know, I lived with that for a long time. And when I was in the fourth grade, I went on my first diet, which was beyond humiliating. Like I went to, you know, a weigh and pay diet program with, you know, women, like women in their forties and me. Um, and I didn't really lose weight. Like, you know, like I, you know, I just didn't get it. Um, and, you know, I went on a diet where like I had to pee on a stick and like literally they were looking for ketosis, which I think is not a very healthy thing, um, especially for a child to be trying to like go into like starvation mode. So I never was very successful at losing weight and I never got teased or bullied, which to me says I probably wasn't as overweight as I think because I've heard people share in these rooms about, you know, unrelenting bullying and how, you know, being overweight is like one of the, one of the things that people still make fun of people for, even though it's not really socially acceptable. So yeah, so I wasn't teased. I wasn't bullied. Um, when I was in the eighth grade, I lost a lot of weight. Like, I'm like, I'm going to go into high school and I'm going to be thin. Like that was my goal. So I go into ninth grade um, and my first day of ninth grade, I was thin. And I remember this boy, I mean, it literally was the first day and then it was over. But um, this boy came up to me and I was like putting stuff in my locker and he's like, hello, sexy. And I was like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. I'm in ninth grade. I, you know, like, why is somebody saying this to me? And like, really, I think that is what turned me back to the food is like, and, and not that this, any of this was conscious, but it was like, I don't know how to cope with attention or, you know, anything that I'm not used to. So, you know, I literally gained all the weight back plus more. And then from there, you know, being in high school and going forward, it always was, you know, I was either gaining weight, losing weight, um, calculating calories and like, I'm going to lose this much weight by this day. And it was like, my life was so small. Like it was just all about my morbid self-obsession with weight. Um, and then, you know, I go to college and, you know, it was the same thing. Like I have to lose weight. Like mm -hmm. that was my primary goal in my life was to lose weight. And I remember the girls in college, like the anorexic girls. And I was like, man, I get it that we have the same problem, but different ends of the spectrum. And I really wanted to be anorexic. Like, I'm like, I wish I could have that part of the disease because it like was way more attractive to me than being overweight. And 
like the anorexic girls I knew were not healthy at all. Like one girl got pulled out of college and had to go to treatment and, and yet still that's what I wanted. And I knew that was not like, and not at the time, but looking back on it, I knew that was not sane thinking. Um, so I graduated from college and I was living on my own for the first time ever. And I was eating so much. Like I would go to Costco and buy like a whole package of chicken breasts and cook like a whole pot of spaghetti and a whole jar of spaghetti sauce. And that was going to be like my food for the next week. And I would just eat it like in two or three days. And I knew like, I knew that was like scary. Like to me, that was a scary thing. So I actually called a friend of my mother's, her name is Carol. I called Carol because she was a nurse and I thought maybe she could help me. And I just said, you know, I can't stop eating and I, you know, I'm going to cry, but you know, I just told her I couldn't stop eating. And, um, I think she's the one that told me about OA and I went to one OA meeting, um, in Seattle and I didn't identify. It was like a, it was a, like a, fo a special focus meeting that I didn't identify with. So I went to one meeting and that was it. And I didn't go back for like 18 years. Mm. So that was like 1993. Um, and you know, in my mind, I'm like, it's just food. Like, you know, I can figure this out. It's just food. And, you know, so I tried for 18 years, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. Um, and I was always in this, like, you know, what I would call a 60 pound range. So, you know, I'd lose 20 and I'd gain 40 and I'd lose 30 and I'd gain 30. And, like, I honestly can't see a difference, like in my size, like I have body dysmorphia. So I can't see a difference even with, you know, 60 pound swings. Mm. So, you know, so that's mm -hmm. what it was like for me. And then what happened was in 2011, I had a really stressful situation happen to me at work. And mm -hmm. I had to terminate two people that were on my staff. And it was really ugly. And unpleasant. And, you know, I really felt out of control. And so what was my best thought was to go on a diet, like, oh, I have to go on a diet, like, I can control this, this is something I can control. So I go on a diet, and I join a diet program that I had been on, you know, at least 10 times in the past, didn't occur to me that maybe it didn't work for me. And I gained 10 pounds, like in two months. And that completely freaked me out. Um, cause that was not my experience in the past. Like the diet had worked for me. My dog's worried about me. Um, <laughs> so that had worked for me in the past and I usually didn't gain weight like that quickly. And I had remembered that a woman I worked with, you know, a couple years beforehand had told me about OA because I had seen her at a lunch and she had lost a lot of weight. And I'm like, what's your secret? How did you lose weight? Like, I want to know your secret. And she very proudly said, I went to OA. And I'm like, how can you do that in a work situation? Like, <laughs> that's so like vulnerable and, you know, honest. So I had that in the back of my head. It took me, you know, two and a half years after that to actually go to an OA meeting again. 
So, you know, I think of that as like my first OA meeting, but it was really my second OA meeting. And I do think about like when I see newcomers in a meeting, like it's really brave to go to the first meeting, but then it's even more brave to come back for the second meeting because it's like, you know, for me, I just wanted to like check it off the list of one more thing that doesn't work for me. So I, you know, I, I went on the OA website and I looked at like the 15 questions that are on the OA website. And it was like, you know, and I can't remember the questions, but it's like, you know, do I eat food that's burned or spoiled or in the garbage? And I'm like, yes. And do I eat when I'm not hungry? And, you know, do I, you know, worry about what other people think of my eating or do I worry about my eating? Yes. Like I can answer yes to like almost all 15 of those questions. Um, so I looked up OA meetings and there was one right in my neighborhood, like the next day, which, you know, I didn't think of that at the time as like a higher power moment, but it was a higher power moment because it had to be that easy for me to go. And Mm. so I went to that meeting. It was like a sweltering hot day in Seattle. Um, everybody was super warm and welcoming. Stacy was there, I remember. <laughs> and um, like, I still didn't want to identify. Like, I, you know, I just wanted to go and check it off the list of like, this doesn't work for me. Um, I remember somebody wanted to lend me some like recorded CDs of a book. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not taking those because you're trying to suck me in and get me to come back. And I'm not coming back. Um, so I did not borrow those CDs, but I did come back and like, you know, I heard my story and I, I understood that people understood what I was going through. And, you know, I always think about that, like the, you know, the thing that we say that we're only as sick as our secrets. And when I think Mm -hmm. about secrets, I think about like, you know, I robbed a bank or I cheated on my husband or, you know, I stole money or like whatever the big secret is. But like my secrets are, you know, I can't stop thinking about that bread basket at the restaurant or, you know, I can't stop thinking about going on a diet and I know that's not good for me or, you know, whatever is whatever is the obsession in my head that is like taking all my time and attention. And so I really try now to share that with somebody like, a you know, a friend in program, my sponsor, a meeting, you know, just so I'm not swirling. Um, and I don't stray that far now from OA. Like, you know, I don't, like if I get off track, it's not for like, you know, maybe it's for a day or a week, but it's not like a year or a decade or a lifetime. Like I don't get that far off track. Um, and I hope that I never do. So, yeah, so I came into OA and um, yeah, I found a sponsor right away. I picked somebody who I thought would be really easy on me. Um, I wanted to just like race, race through the 12 steps as fast as I could, get to step 12, have all the recovery. And this woman, she didn't even want to be my sponsor. Like, she's like, no, I, you know, I'm busy. I can't do it. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, it'll be fun. Like, I, you know, I tried to make it like, <laughs> fun like I really like you know I was kind of like pushy and you know it it, and of course it did not work so she was lovely and we got through step five um I got a lot of relief by doing the first five steps and then she dropped me 
which I'm not surprised. And it was for the best. But then I got another sponsor who happens to be Stacy, and that was in 2012. And I remember that um, I was like, oh, good, we're going to start on step six now because I already did steps <laughs> one through five and we're going to start on step six. And Stacy's like, nope, we're going to start at the very beginning. And the way that I was sponsored was to go through the big book. And so we start with the big book and, you know, literally we're looking at the first page right inside the, you know, the first cover of the thing. And then we have to read the preface and then the first preface and the second preface. And I'm like, <laughs> when are we going to get to like the real work? Um, but it was exactly what I needed because I needed to like slow down, get a good base and not rush through it, which is kind of part of my disease is being five steps ahead. And like mm -hmm. my anxiety is in tomorrow and next week. And it's not like being present right here, right now, which, you know, going through the big book that way and taking like 12 to 18 months to do it was exactly what I needed. Um, and it was great. Oh, okay. Thanks, Marcia. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. No, that's good. Um, so yeah, so that was what I needed and really gave me a good base in OA. So I think with the rest of the time, I'll, you know, talk about what it's like now, because it's, you know, it's pretty amazing now. Like I have a really full life. Um, I joke that, you know, my husband got better when I started going to OA, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's really that I show up better in our relationship. And it's not that, you know, it's not that it's perfect, which is what I wanted and what I thought like, oh, if I do enough recovery, my life will be perfect and it won't be unmanageable anymore. Um, but my life is unmanageable every day. Like, for example, when we were trying to sign on, you know, like an hour ago or 45 minutes ago, my computer wasn't working and like my blood pressure starts going up and it's like, we got to get the computer working. Like we're going to be on. And, you know, and, and Stacey's like, well, why don't you turn it off and turn it on and try again? And I'm like, oh, you know, what a good idea. So it's, you know, I don't have to do things alone, um, which is kind of my motto is I have to do everything myself. I can't rely on anybody else. Um, and I think that's partly from being adopted and just not having that, you know, that connection. I mean, I have a connection with my adoptive mother, but I don't, you know, like in my core, I don't think it's the same. So yeah, so now with my unmanageable life, I don't have to just turn to food or dieting, which is all I had before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can call somebody, I can write about it. I can, you know, put a note in my God box, which I really like doing. Um, I can pray, you know, there's so many things for me to do. And I use the tools of the program all the time. Like I try to use, you know, most of the tools every day. So, you know, I have a food plan that supports my abstinence and, you know, my abstinence is three meals a day and two optional snacks, which really works for me and really gives me some peace around food. Um, I did have a sponsor who during COVID, I heard her share at a meeting that um, she weighed and measured her food. And I'm like, what? Like, how did I not know this? <laughs> um, because 
and, and this was a sponsor. After, this was after this was after Stacy. Um, so she shared like I, you know, like I wanted what she had, and she was my sponsor, and she had shared about weighing and measuring her food, and I was like, how did I not know that? And it was probably because I wasn't ready to hear that. And so during COVID, I had the willingness to weigh and measure my food in like what was a sane way for me because. I was always worried if I did that, like I would be like pulling out one blueberry because it was over the number of ounces and like being too rigid about it. But I figured out a way to weigh and measure, you know, things that might give me problems like, you know, salad dressing or peanut butter or nuts or, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. So it really worked for me during COVID. And because I was just eating all my meals at home, I, you know, I felt a huge peace around that. And I've continued to weigh and measure my food when I'm at home, not when I go to restaurants. I don't quite have the willingness to do that, but sometimes I think about it because I've seen other people do it and how, you know, it's like, who cares? Like, I don't need to worry about what other people think. Like I've seen other people do it in a very peaceful, like under the radar kind of way. So that's something I'm thinking about and maybe I'll have the willingness to do that. I don't know. Um, so I, you know, wanted to share a little bit about my sponsor, my sponsor experience, because that's what this is about. And I've had four sponsors. Um, unfortunately, two of my sponsors have died, which is really sad. My first sponsor, I was pretty out of touch with her and she died of cancer, which was really sad. Um, then I had Stacy as my sponsor for many, many years and, you know, really got my, you know, big book experience and got really grounded in the program. Um, we're still very close friends today. Um, so it's great. Um, and then my third sponsor, which was a woman named Catherine, um, and she died in March of this year. And it was really, really sad. And um, she was a wonderful sponsor and we were really close and she ended up having a brain tumor that was inoperable. So the thing that was amazing about it though, was how she lived with grace through all of that and the way she handled it and focused on it. And it like made me want to stay in OA for the rest of my life mm -hmm. because of, you know, like that's how, like, if I like end up with some horrible disease I want to deal with it the way she dealt with it. It was incredible. Um, and I learned so much from her. Um, and now I have my sponsor that I have now who happens to be here today, which I really appreciate the support of having her here. And, you know, it's just wonderful to have that connection of a sponsor and how like they know me and like, they still want to talk to me and they still want to be friendly <laughs> with me. Like, you know, and like, I couldn't believe like the amount of time that my sponsors would spend with me, like to do the fifth step and to spend all these hours. And then, you know, the, the one hour and 15 minutes a week going through the big book, like, I just couldn't believe anybody would spend that much time with me. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, you know, it's been wonderful for me and like, you mm -hmm. know, for me to cry right now is like, like that is a gift of the program too, because I don't cry in front of other people. Um, so it's, you know, really amazing that I am. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, it's been really good for me. And, 
one of the things that's really hard for me is to be authentic and be vulnerable. And really OA has taught me how to do that. Mm. Um, you know, I like, to me, that's like the scariest thing, like, you know, scarier than whatever, you know, skydiving or public speaking is just being, you know, vulnerable and authentic. And like, you know, I get to practice here. Um, I also get to practice here other things like asking for help. Um, you know, because I have to do everything myself, I'm not very good at asking for help, but <laughs> I actually practice. Like I think about it, like, you know, what can I ask for help on? Like, you know, mm -hmm. like I, like, you know, like if I call somebody and ask them, like, how do you deal with, you know, Thanksgiving or how do you deal with Halloween? Like that's asking for help without saying like, oh, I really need your help about dealing with ha Halloween. Like mm -hmm. I can kind of spin it, you know, yeah. a different way <laughs> so that I'm willing to ask for help. Um, and I had a really good experience when last May I had a hip replacement surgery um, and it went really well and I healed really well, but I, everyone was offering to help me. And of course I'm like, I don't need help. I can do all this by myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm fine. I have a husband. I, you know, I'll be fine. But I was like, I'm going to accept any help that anybody offers. Um, and it was magical. I mean, it was amazing. People like people I wouldn't expect came over and visited we sat outside and talked for like an hour. Um, people brought me flowers and magazines and coffee. And like, it just was amazing. One friend brought me a crutch so that I could go up and down the stairs, which was, you know, like, why didn't my doctor tell me I needed a crutch? Like, you know, so it was, it was so amazing. And I'm so grateful for that experience. Like, you know, and that was like my higher power. Like I couldn't have imagined how people could help me. Um, and that's, that's really the case for so many things. Like it is my higher power because I can't, like, I can't even like imagine like how great things could be, um, that my higher power has in store for me. And I, um, I went to the OA convention, like about a month ago, and there were some incredible higher power moments there. Um, I was at a meeting yesterday where, somebody's alarm went off on her phone and she's like, Oh God, I'm supposed to remember God right now. And then it kept going off and going off because she kept hitting snooze instead of stop. And it was like, that's amazing. Like God is here with us in this room and like, doesn't want to be forgotten is kind of how <laughs> I took it. It's kind of like my dog who keeps pushing in between us. Like she wants to be part of this. Um, so yeah, so I'm just so grateful and, you know, I'm excited to talk later with you guys about, you know, this idea of sponsorship and the hopes, the fears and the joys, which, um, you know, I get a lot of joy out of being a sponsor and doing service. And when I do that, I'm out of my morbid self-obsession. Like I can't, like right now I'm not worried about, you know, the size of my butt or my thighs or you know, what I'm going to have for dinner. Like I'm just here and present and being in service. So I'm really grateful for that. And I think with that, I will pass and turn it over to Stacy. Oh. Do we need a pause? A pause for God? 
let's pause for God and then you're up, Stacy. Okay. How okay. and how would you and how would you like your time? Fast. No. <laughs> um, how about the same thing? Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Great. Okay. Yep. Yeah, boy. Um, I just I just want to bring God in um because I mean I feel like God is so present you know, what, what we're asked to talk about today is, you know, sponsorship. And, and I think Jennifer says this a lot that, um, the, and I've heard her say the opposite of the disease is connection and isn't sponsorship. Holy cow. That's some connection that I want no part of. Thank you very much. And this connection we have here, like, I just, I just, no, I'm not coming to your house and no, you can't ride with me. And no, I don't want to go to the bathroom with you. Like, no, I'm that girl because I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to have connection. So, um, you know, here we are. Here we are doing contrary action because what that got me was throwing up five times a day, over 200 pounds, not wearing underwear because I would have to buy like, I don't know what. I was just in such denial. I thought this is the point at which we don't wear underwear. It's not a tool, ladies or men. Um Gosh, so I'm hearing, I just, I love Jennifer so much. And the thing about sponsorship, don't want to, don't make me, can't do it, won't be good at it. Um, I have learned how to love and be loved against my, all my efforts and to have really close long-term uh, friendships, which I never had. And guess what? it has restored me to sanity. Um, it's given me a sanity that I never had. Um, so for some reason about this topic, a new, you know, a new little fluttering, a new little thought came to me about, you know, what it was like and what happened and um, what I'm like now. And because I've been focusing on um, step 12 and Liz listening to a podcast and um, this guy was saying um, on step 12 and he was saying, um, it doesn't say having received um, a, a better job, having received a hot husband, having received liposuction, having received, you know, three vacation homes. It says having received a spiritual awakening, which is not what I came for. Um, and so I'm really, uh, that's just been a filter for me is this, this whole God thing, this whole spiritual awakening, which takes me to my first step in my story, because in a new way just um, have been, it just came, uh, you know, I always think if, if I have a new thought and I'm, I'm, I'm always like, am I 48, 68? I'm 58 as far as we know. Um, and if I have a new thought, I kind of think that's God. Um, and so I was thinking, okay, my first step, you know, where I came from, you know, what was that all about? What, how does that relate to connection and, and heartfelt showing up and love and I won't go into it now, but we've, we've had a conflict once. Yes. And we're still, I, I dearly love my Jennifer. I mean, like, I don't, you know, don't, don't touch me. Don't give me a long miss. I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's good. You know? Um, and God forbid we have a conflict. So, um, I've been taught how to have that connection and love that's higher than myself. And, what I, what I came with and it's with God. So that's uh, you know, good order, good orderly direction. It's all kinds of yummy things. People have all kinds of good sayings. My favorite 
the one that stayed with me the most is the great not me. And so the way I'm thinking about it is, you know, in the beginning, it's the great not my family because my family was my higher power for sure. Um, and that's kind of what you get when you're coming down the pike, you know, that's what you got for, I mean, for sure, those like, now we know we read all this stuff, hugely developmental years. Um, my parents are both alcoholic addicts and um, my, uh, they divorced when I was one. My mom and dad were out, they were drunk and they were dancing the twist when my mom, she didn't have me right there. She did make it to the hospital, but, um, uh, and I've always felt I have one sister and she has these diseases, but, um, but I think pretty objectively, you know, not nearly as bad as I do. I think that the body deteriorates the parents, the addiction, whatever. I certainly did. I have two children affected by my disease. I see that. I feel that's true. And my second one is more, more affected because my body couldn't do a full, you know, couldn't totally uh, cook that loaf of bread very well. <laughs> and I'm laughing. I mean, I, she's, she's alive and she's a great little beautiful human being. And she has type one diabetes and celiac and a, um, struggles. Um, but anyway, so, so my first higher power was my parents, you know, and, uh, and they were all about, um, Oh, alcohol, food, drugs, and um, hippies in Montana. Um, and I was just, I keep learning new things, which is fantastic. If you have, you know, older parents, if you still have your parents, it's such a treat to learn new things. And my dad has dementia now. And I just learned last week, um, we were saying, I didn't realize he was so far in his alcoholism. Um, he was pretending to go to school. My mom found out wasn't in school and she couldn't be in school. She had the two of us um, and she left him and um, he had us for a while. And I didn't realize my sister said she used to ask him for, we had pizza night on Fridays, every, every second Friday. And it was Howard pizza and it had this cornmeal crust. And I don't know if it was good, but you know how you just revere things your family did. So that was a big deal. Howard's pizza, Missoula, Montana, get it now. Not really. I think it's gone, but I just remember it was like, I mean, we just, things like that were like, maybe for some people it was like baby Jesus. And I, I don't know all the words for Christianity. So just know right now, I don't, you know, I hope, I hope I don't offend anyone. I said, my husband's Jesuit and he's like, stop saying Jesus. Cause we were watching a scary movie last night. He kept saying it. Um, I, uh, I just learned that this pizza night was because it was payday because my dad was drinking and drugging the money away on his railroad job. And my sister who was older, said to him once, and he said this to us last week. He said, do you remember? You said, hey, how about you give me a 20 so we could have pizza other nights? <laughs> and he's like, no, that'll never work. So on payday, that was the big treat. Um, and, you know, just the, the nutshell, I did have a pretty, uh, you know, big lights kind of crazy, um, family upbringing but the thing the thing about us was the higher power thing my family was absolutely my higher power and what did they do for me um they did for me what i could not do for myself um we all overate um we binged i had candy barding contests with my dad um and eventually, by the time I was eight, we started uh, running drugs from Mexico to Montana. I learned um, 
we call it family secret. So I really learned, um, and this is, I'd never thought about this before, really this higher power piece. I, we don't have anyone. We don't tell anyone else. My friends aren't allowed to sleep with me. I didn't really realize it was so obvious. We were the drug dealers. Um, I could sleep at their house and go to church with them. Um, but we were so this enmeshed love thing. So that's a higher power. But did it work for me? Um, it, you know, it didn't work. It didn't work for me. And I need I need a power that's greater than me, that works for me, that is just, you know, yummy, loving kindness to this little being, you know, and to this little being. And I'm a, I have tears. I don't cry much either. And I have tears just hearing my, you know, beloved friend's story, which is what we get in this program, right? We go, oh my God. Oh yes, that. Oh, um, so yeah, they were my higher power. Um, and I did what, what they wanted. And I, it was an exquisite enmeshed love. Um, and the food went with that. And, um, when I was 12, I did start, I did start drinking and I throw that in because I am, um, a sober woman today. And this, this just yesterday, we were at this meeting. I was, I was with another, a sponsee before the meeting. Cause that's what we do. I don't want to go. I had so much darn fun. I'm not going to cuss on the recording. It was so great to see her best morning. I didn't want to go to the meeting then. And then the meeting was the best meeting ever. Um, so you guys have taught me contrary action and I do it today because I have the memory. It's back here somewhere. It's a little vague, but I'm like, I think that'll feel good. And also I have a commitment and when I don't keep them now, I want to binge like that. So there's a pretty good, um, and also I'll say I'm all over the map, but I will say while I'm on North Dakota that, um, my, uh, I don't, I am grateful. That's what I was going to say. I'm grateful that if I didn't keep my commitment with Angela to meet her, which didn't really, it wasn't really that hard. I was pretty excited yesterday, but I have trouble with it. I am grateful that my eating disorder today, like Jen was saying, you know, it's, it's right here. It's right here. And so it's going to, it's going to light my ass on fire, like pretty quickly. And I'm grateful for that because I'll be there next week. If I lied and didn't go that week, or I even told the truth and didn't go, you know, I'm going to be there next week because I'm probably going to eat over it. Um, not that maybe not my abstinence isn't, you know, that fragile. I don't mean to give that impression, but my eating disorder you know, bottom line, has it just not pushed you into the most beautiful life, you know, greater than you could have ever dreamed. And for this addict, I'm just a sneaky, I want to say another word that has an M and an F. I'm a sneaky little snake and I want to find, I want to do just what I can get away with and not be, you know, not have Marsha find out or Janice. I want to just get away with it and then go about my business. But my beloved eating disorder and this program, you know, without this program, I'd just be me with the eating disorder. It pushes me to this God thing that I wanted no part of. I didn't know. I wanted to be loved, did the alcohol. And for a little while I wanted to, I, I got a little bit thin. So that was, you know, awesome. And almost killed me the fastest blackout drink from the first one to the last I drank from 12 to 21. And, um, the new higher power in there was like, uh, you know, let me, let me find a guy, let me find a whatever. And that was just a theory. I don't know that comes from movies or something. And also probably puberty, um, didn't work, couldn't do it. Um, started throwing up, lost a couple pounds there. And can I just tell you, 
I did the math the other day for who knows what reason. I think I threw up now it's either 10,000 or a hundred thousand. It's more than 10,000. If you do one to five times a day for 30 some years, it's a lot of throwing up. And so I want, I always want people to know and, and anorexia, which isn't my particular uh, brand, although I do, I do have that in me. Um, you know, when you, you, you get on that train and it could be 40 years later and you can be a 58 year old woman without teeth because there's no stop. There's no stop. Um, I've never been so crazy and um, mental health wise, the, um, the stuff they know now about our brains with anorexia and bulimia and stuff, there's not a lot of cognitive synapses, good juju going on up there. Like we are gone. Same with sugar for me. Um, I bring up the alcohol also because I am a, a gutter sugar addict. It, I can tell it's, you know, I haven't had a drink for 36 and a half years. I came to OA 36 and a half years also, same time. Um, it, I know um, for me, when I have sugar or try to have sugar, it, it, feel, it must be like what it would be for me to sip wine during the day and go about my business. Um, that's for me, but I do really find it attached to that piece. So I had that higher power. Um, and I did end up, um, I also had a higher power or something in my brain. I loved getting high on um, scary things, high on myself, getting A's. Uh, I love, my higher power was, could you love me? So after no guys love me and my family's crazy, they're still there, but I'm trying to do the world in college and do friends. I'd say yes to whatever you want. You want some money? I don't have any, but if, you know, I have a credit card. I give you, I give you all of you, all of me, and please just give me all of you. That's my next version of higher power. And some of us know that doesn't work, but that is a tough mo as well, because, um, I have to learn conflict and say, no, you can't have all my money. My husband will get mad. You know, I have to. Um, so I, um, I, I was, I was heavy. I was the heavy kid. I was the chubby kid, um, you know, and the alcohol made me thin for 10 seconds and the bulimia made me thin for my junior year of high school, during which I was a um, cheerleader. And then I um, have always been, I don't know. I was always 20 to 50, 60 pounds overweight. Um, 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 but the self-hate was so huge. And too, also the self-hate was so huge. Um, I, uh, I try to think how to sum up, you know, this, this drug smuggling thing did become a big piece. And the piece of that that makes me a little, a little further off the reservation as well is we got away with so much. And I did what my parents said. And we, it ended up to where my dad sent a note to the secretary and I get a note in the middle of history and he'd say, I need you to get on a plane to Vegas and meet me, you know, in eighth grade and help me drive a camper full of pot from Vegas that I brought from Mexico. I'm tired. Woohoo. That is really fun. I don't care if I have a boyfriend, I'm going to Vegas. You know, I felt like, I don't know, was that really rude? I'm sorry. Um, uh, it would, that was my other thing. I'm special. I have a special secret. That's a higher power. Um, that's that 15, Stacy. What is it? 15. That was okay. Um, yeah. So that that you know that's still that family thing. Um, and the higher power there. Uh, 
binging all the time and purging. And so the purging um, became such a, it's such a secret. And, you know, Lordy, if I'm not, I mean, I'm a professional now, right? Because from, you know, as an eight-year-old in the back of a, um, uh, or the member safety, something, um, in the back of a camper asked to um, play my flute so the federales wouldn't check the ceiling. I'm a professional, um, I'm a professional sneak. I'm a professional liar. Look over here. And um, I still, my sponsor, I still have trouble with the truth. Now it is, I got to go home in the next couple of days because my husband are going to Philadelphia. I got to go home and tell him that on Tuesday or whatever that day was, I, um, he came home and I hadn't walked the dogs yet. And if you ask me something point blank and I, it's really, I'm just, uh, uh, and he goes, have you walked the dogs? I go, yes. I didn't walk the dogs. And then I couldn't walk the dogs because I said I walked the dogs. <laughs> and so I got to go home and tell him, which I will, you know, cause that's what we do. So that's my version of lying today. It's not international affairs, but, um, and I struggle Yes. So higher power, this disease, you know, I come by it rightly. Um, you know, we all do. Uh, first step, I definitely have the craving. I can feel if I have some peanut butter with a few grams of sugar, I think it's okay. I didn't have the other kind. It's not going to be a big deal. I've been doing fine. I'm a normal weight. I haven't binged in a while. I haven't purged in um, eight years. And I want you to know I came to OA July 18th, 1987. I didn't stop coming. That's one of my greatest gifts. I love this. I love you guys. I always have. I've gone to a couple bad meetings in 36 years. <laughs> it was probably my fault. Um, that was hugest gift for this girl. I think my higher power really, really wanted me to finally slowly painfully fall in love with this you know little baby child that's in here this little stacy this little you know you know little chubby turkey baby uh that we all are no matter what and it took me to places where like in graduate school i did throw up in the church next to the building at 7 a.m with my sponsor i would wipe my hands in the grass because in san francisco there aren't bathroom you know 7 a.m and I would go in, I will go to the meeting. And it's not a path I recommend. I, I prayed, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I came and came and came. And I had two years here and a year there. And then I had this other stuff. My secret was still following me. Um, but for, for universal share purposes, I think that, that I call him G-Dog too. I think that guy really wants me to get in here and, ha and have that moment where, you know, we're all at the very, very end of the rope and we're like, okay, I don't even care. I'll be fat. Just help me not throw up once more. My throat is bleeding. I cannot talk. I have cracks. I'm gray. My eyes are all red. I'm over 200 pounds. I can't finish my graduate studies. Just help me stop. I promise I don't want any more. And that's a place of desperation. And it's also a promise to start a little teeny bit of putting myself first, you know, okay, okay. 
I hear you. I'm going to have this little piece of love. I'm going to act as if, and I'm going to act as if there's a higher power, which is this program for darn sure. The minute I found you guys, um, it was a new higher power. I didn't know that people could ever stop. I just didn't know. And I didn't know people were like me. Um, so yeah, so I did, I'll, I'll go ahead and do, you know, so then I, I did come and it was July 18th. Meanwhile, I had done international trips of smuggling money for my family to at, Singapore and Amsterdam. And it became this huge thing. And there was a big bust um, in 1987 um, of 32 tons of marijuana, um, the shipment that I had helped with because my dad asked me to take money. And um, when I was convicted, um, the judge and many other people would say, you know, you're 21. When I don't hear about this, I didn't know any better. Well, I knew any better, but, um, but have you heard of enmeshment? Have you heard of loving your family? Have you heard of, you know, and I don't have any excuses. Um, and I'm grateful. And the reason my life is beautiful today is a hundred. This program has given me everything because you know what we do? We don't have any choice. This stuff happens, right? That's why it's on a spiritual awakening. It doesn't say um, having had a, you know, because I ended up going to law school. I got sober. It doesn't say having had an easy time in law school, uh, having not had to puke during law school because, uh, you know, I, I was indicted during law school. It doesn't say, you know, your dad doesn't go to prison and your sister doesn't um, have PTSD from going to jail. It's um, no matter what, I can find a spiritual defense in this program if I stay. And all of the dreams I thought I wanted, we learn in this program to check out with God and sponsors, which is the most, it's like the next elevated level of God. First is the meetings and the people and meeting someone like Jennifer that tells a secret about, I can't remember what it was, but I'll say toast or something. And I'm like, me too. That's my first higher power, my meetings. And then there's this elevated sponsor piece. And after that is God, but the sponsor is, is so critical. Um, if I stay, which I have, and I ask for that guidance um, to work the rest of the steps, two and three are the God piece. And then we really jump over. I think it's four, four through, um, four through 10 is a drop down menu for me. It's like, it's like with the computer, burp, burp, and not 10, 10 daily, four through nine. You do the four through nine, um, which is getting rid of all that. Oh gosh, my, my dad was my higher power. My, this, my grades, I'll be an attorney. That'll make me good enough. Um, if I could be thin enough, well, I can't be thin. So I might as well go to law school because I don't like blood and I don't want to be a doctor. Everything I've done is um, to be loved, <laughs> right? Um, so uh, I have no idea where I am. I kept going to meetings. I started meetings um, in law school. I've been in meetings all over the world and the U.S., um, I've bought in cars. I've rode in like mini, mini, uh, mini motorcycles in the dark in Virginia where they didn't have sides of the road to get to a meeting. Uh, cause that's what we do. Cause you guys give me a life without you. I don't have a life and how that ends up working in every area of my life, which I will hopefully Marsha will say I'm done soon. Um, you know, some of that, I did get to practice law. I was convicted my last semester of law school. The reason I got to practice law is because I got sober. I went, uh, I got sober, I got abstinent. Um, 
two months before that shipment thing, I was already going to kill myself before it was uh, my dad's and mom's whole drug deal was caught. Um, I got sober because I was going to kill myself. Um, I was going to put a gun to my head or my car had a Volkswagen. It wouldn't go quite fast enough to kill me. Um, and then I went to find treatment in Seattle instead. And, um, and I, and I got in this program and I immediately clung to it. And, you know, it's, I mean, that's, isn't that a God thing that that happened before all the bad stuff. Um, and then it went away and it was all hidden and everything was fine until five years later, which is the statute of limitations. And so what I want to say about one of the reasons I kept purging is um, I have, I have a heck of a miracle with my ninth step. I was in law school. I still knew I was a bad person. And now I was a bad person that we were studying. Here's, cons here's conspiracy kids. And here's how it all works. Here's drug dealers, kids. And here's how it all works. And yes, I kept purging. And um, I believe today I needed to be indicted. I needed to be. Um, just part of the path, right? I mean, but... There was never a choice of leaving OA. There was never a, you know what, I'm done with you. It's not working because I, uh, some days lately, I've been looking for barista jobs because I'm semi-retired and also a Santa's helper. I might be a Santa's helper near you um, because I don't care what it is anymore. You know, um, I'm full of love and um, I'm full of love because I have extra runneth over most days because of this program and this program and the people are why, you know, the Washington after four years of appealing to two Supreme courts, uh, state Supreme courts said, yeah, uh, we think you're the first morally fit person we've ever seen that still is on federal probation because people in this program spoke up for me because I had nothing to hide except I'm doing the best I can. Why did that happen? so that I could help anorexics that shoplift and actually know what the deal was. So I could help drug dealers get treatment. So I could help drunk people maybe go to treatment. They always want me to sponsor them, which I can't do, but I just get to come. And um, I still want it to be the Stacy show. I struggled with food, food um, a few days ago. I have ulcerative colitis now. I get sick, it comes, I can't eat anything, I get hungry. I have a couple of friends that have it too on here. A lot of us have, you know, fallout from um, the eating disorder. And um, so I ate some extra food and I had, I had three bags of popcorn and I got sick. And what was I gonna tell you? Oh, and that's when I lied about the dogs because here's what happens to me. That's not like, you know, stealing money, writing a bad check, which I have done back in law school. Um, and stealing food and all the amends I've made. Um, but it's because I felt too full and my shame had come up a little bit here, right? I do this because it's like the food. It came up here and I didn't want to say to my husband, you know, I can't, I'm not going to walk him. I don't feel well. He doesn't need to know exactly. My sponsor taught me. I don't have to tell him what brand of popcorn or that I had popcorn. And he would have been disappointed because he worked all day. That's three that's okay. More. Okay. Um, that's okay. Right. It's not ideal. I hate that sh stuff. I don't want you to be mad at me. I don't want you to see my humanness and my husband works really hard. So I said, yeah, I walk those dogs. And then I'm, now I feel bad about it for four days and I'm going to share with you. And hopefully I, I'm going to make this amends also over Thanksgiving. Um, 
because I, I, you know, yeah, I don't really want to say it, but that means I have to. Um, I have a big amends to make to my husband. This is my biggest lie I've had in, I want to say year. I mean, years. I usually will do like a dog lie or I'll say I don't feel well because I ate and I don't tell my husband. And I know that partnerships, right? There's a whole, it's just being who and what you are followed by a sincere attempt to become who God would have you be. But I got to become who and what I are first. And so I'll just share with you. Um, yes, I have. My husband is so hot. He's so cute. I met him in law school and he kept me around. I moved in with him when I had a warrant out for my arrest and he hid me until I could self-surrender. He's a Jesuit boy, taught me to floss my teeth. And we have, we have insurance. We have all these American things that he, I still don't understand why, but he says they're good. Um, I have two kids. Um, I don't have debt. I have an upstairs and an actual washing machine. Cause I actually was poor growing up because my parents would snort away all the, the uh, money. But um, I have uh, all my, my greatest dreams um, really have come true and I keep coming. And my favorite thing is, is Overeaters Anonymous and you guys. Um, I'm a little bit, what do you call it? Not spoiled. Like when you're a click, I'm not a click, but I kind of don't like anyone else in the world except for us. I guess that's a click. I, I, I like them. Okay. But I don't want to spend time with them. I want to know about you and your heart and your, and your, food and if you lied about your dogs too um so I have this great life and last year I was struggling with food again it was probably peanut butter or something for a few days which is a miracle for this girl and I just didn't want I want here's what I want so I want to be alone oh I heard this guy this best thing in a meeting and he said I'm not afraid of being alone in a dark room I'm afraid of not being alone in a dark room that's me that is 100% me. I'm afraid of not being. So I wanted to be alone in a dark room upstairs reading. And I've been having trouble with food. And I thought I had COVID and I tested and I didn't. But guess what I did? I told my husband I had COVID. Not only that, I let him bring me shit for five days or whatever it is you're supposed to be in your room. And um, I'm not proud of that. And now I get to tell my husband and his soft spot is, um, is honesty. Which, you know what? Turns out that's big for a lot of people. <laughs> um. And so I get to sit with his disappointment and fear and the consequences, but I can't live with it. I got it. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to let him know. Um, and what's it going to show? It's just going to show my little soft belly for a minute. And also if he were, um, okay. Um, I'll just say if he were a mean husband or there were some real problems in our marriage, that's good too, because I can't live with that stuff. Uh, it's okay. However he responds is okay. And I'll take care of myself. And I have your guys help and he's not like that. He'll be fine, but um, I got to keep it clean. And that's the channel with God that we're going to talk about more with our sponsorship uh, stuff. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy, And thank you, Jennifer. And um, we're going to take a five minute break. We're going to stop the recording and there will be an opportunity to turn on your camera again. Um, so that's what we're doing right now. Um, I'm gonna figure out when five minutes is. Let's uh, let's say two fifteen is two o eight right now, and we're gonna stop the recording and come on back. So now we're on. We're on. Yeah.
Welcome back after the break to OA Rise. We're so glad you are all still here. And um, so grateful for Jennifer M and Stacy B to be here to talk about sponsorship, the hopes, the fears, and the joys. So take it away, Jennifer and Stacy. And I'm gonna give you a heads up when we get close to our question and answer time. Thanks so okay. much. That sounds great. Thanks, Marcia. And I love how you say the title with the pause. So sponsorship, the hopes, the fears, the joys. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, we're going to just kind of bounce off, you know, back and forth between ourselves. But um, I'm going to start with the fears because that's, you know, that's what when we first did this talk, that was kind of what we really focused on. And it's really a brief part of it, but it might be where the questions come from as well. So start thinking of questions that you have at the end. Um, feel free to ask more than one question. We've had, you know, amazing questions to, to these things, but, you know, like there is a lot of fear in sponsorship and kind of like what Stacy said about, like, I don't want to show up for somebody. I don't want to be obligated. I don't, you know, and like this idea that like, if I say yes to being a sponsor, I'm going to be their sponsor forever. Like it's, you know, like it's such a big commitment. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about how that doesn't really have to be the case. Um, there's also, like I had asked a few um, OA fellows about what their fears were in sponsoring. And, you know, one person talked about like imposter syndrome. Like, of course, like I understand imposter syndrome, not only in being a sponsor, but being a worker and being a spouse and being a friend. Like, it's like, you know, who am I to be able to help anyone? Like, what, what do I have to share with somebody? I'm, you know, a hot mess. So what can I possibly share with somebody? So, you know, the truth is that, you know, like what it says in the big book is like, you know, like we, we have more experience than the newcomer. So, you know, we can freely give what we've been given to the newcomer. And, you know, it's like, we just do the best we can and we share our experience, strength and hope. And we don't have to share anything more than that. Um, you know, one of the um, questions that like I think about and people have kind of asked me is like, you know, like what if I'm struggling as a sponsor, you know, can I continue sponsoring? And like, I've heard people be like, oh, you know, I'm struggling, so I'm going to drop all my sponsees. But that I think that to me is so abrupt and it's, you know, like if I'm a sponsor and I'm struggling, I think that's really honest to continue being somebody's sponsor and say, you know, I'm struggling right now, but I can still show up and be a sponsor. So it's really about that, you know, suiting, suiting up and showing up kind of like no matter what. And, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm never struggling so much that I just stop showing up. I, you know, that would be the worst for me. Um, you know, there's also the fear of like, am I going to be a good sponsor? Am I going to be like the perfect sponsor or whatever that might be? And it's like, you know, it's like, this is a way to practice being human and showing up and being authentic, which I shared earlier is like my scariest thing is to show up and be authentic. Like I want it to have it all together. I want to have everything figured out. I want to be able to answer every question that somebody asks me and that's not realistic. So, you know, showing up and being authentic is a, is a good, 
it's a, it's a help for my own recovery as well. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to share about fears? Like that's kind of all I had, even yeah. though there's a lot more. Yeah. Well, you know, we, it's like your brain, your brain goes blank, but there's so many fears, right? I, and our fears will be different. Like mine and Jennifer's and everyone on here, mm -hmm. there will be just, you know, because of who you are and, and where you come from, you might lean one way or the other. And mine is, um, so my biggest fear and, and challenge in sponsoring um, has been, like I talked about before, my, um, you know, my false gods will want to try to creep back in and I will want uh, to be your best friend. I will want you to think I'm the best sponsor that's ever graced the, you know, face of the earth. I will want you know, I will start out with, um, I will start out with a, you know, my tendency, except that I've been taught from my sponsors and experience, it does not work. I am not a therapist. What I finally learned, and I've had lots of sponsors, I had that one back in, I mean, how many, I've had a lot of sponsors, but um, a lot of long-term, like my one from back in 19, whenever I was in graduate school, it was like 92, um, we're, she's still in program. I re-met her on Zoom, speaking at a meeting. And then she went and showed me the quilt I made her when I was in law school. And I was like, I didn't know I made it. She lives in a trailer and she kept my quilt um, in retirement. You know, like these are incredible, incredible, rich, deep relationships. And the thing about them is they are the safest place to be human and imperfect. It's like the biggest do-over you could ever wish for, for friendships, um, you know, a, a very, like the most intimate relationship, telling someone everything. Um, and actually, I'm, now I'm thinking a little partner recovery kind of, I might not tell my sponsor, my sponsee everything. But anyway, my biggest fear, I would say is, I'll just call it, I was thinking the other day, it's not really codependency, it's more people-pleasing because you're my sponsee, is, is not hopefully going to give everything to me, you know, codependency, I'll give everything to you if you give everything to me, and we'll just be these two little sick people. Um, it's more of a people pleasing, and I want you to meet a need you can't meet, which is to uh, love me. And so then I will lose track of what is, and it says in the big book, am I being of real help? And my sponsor, my longest term, um, I have two sponsors. One is in is in um, two programs, AA and Al-Anon, and then I have my OA. Um, and I've had these other these different ones for years. And the one that taught me what's real help, real help. The bottom line is is everything we need to know is in you know is in the twelve steps. And and nobody wants Stacy's version of step three. There's not three point two the way Stacy does it. That's not going to help anyone. Um, and I got to really stay in the solution in the book. And so and that's so freeing. So that's what solved my greatest fear. Nobody needs that. This is how you do it. You meet, you know, and you'll, and this is just for me. That was so hard. And she really burned into me. I'm not doing it alone. We have, uh, it can be lateral, horizontal, but you have a team. You have your sponsor, your grand sponsor, your great grand sponsor, two other sponsees to help with, you know, 
oh, I keep letting this one sponsee talk so much because she has triplets and her car broke down because that'll happen. Um, and then I go to people, you know, my other sponsor, the lineage or a partner in recovery or anyone. And I say, oh, I keep talking too much. And now I'm driving her around. And guess what? I'm also uh, her daycare and I'll get help and I'll get back in the solution, which is in the, the book. And that's how um, the problem with, you know, so you, so we're going to talk about, you know, this is this, this step, it saves your life. It says in here my big book, this is just duct tape with little campers on it. It's kind of cute, but um, it says if nothing else works, the thing that will always work is service and helping someone else. And I remember there were a lot of years where I really felt like, well, that's good for you, but I am so, I am so unrecovered with this piece of how to be of real help and to say the truth that you might not want, which is like, Jennifer, we get 15 minutes to check in and now we're going to go to the book. Jennifer never did that. She was always like in the solution, but um, I want to be of real help and I want to take you all the way through the steps and I don't want to stress out. And every time you call, because I've said, sure, call me at four and we'll talk about your breakfast. You know, in fact, I'll just sit up or whatever. I'm not that bad but without you guys teaching me, I was. So there's a solution for that. And um, and if I haven't been sponsored that way, I can ask other people, what are these boundaries people speak of? Because I need that or I cannot sponsor. And I, you know, I wanna stay alive. I wanna stay abstinent and I want you to. And so I've got to learn to go to the book. And I tell you what, that's been, it's just like the hugest thing in my program because sponsorship and step 12 is emotional sobriety, right? So that's how I get out and live my life with other people. But this is where we practice. That's my biggest fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do yeah. You have other ones. Yeah. I was just thinking about too, the fear of like when it's not working with the sponsee too, because, you know, sometimes that happens. And if, you know, like the sponsee doesn't call when they're supposed to call or doesn't do the reading or isn't showing up. And, you know, like, I want to hang in there until like forever with that person. Like I've, I've got to like help them and make it work. And like what Stacey said about, is this helpful? And like, really it's not helpful to the sponsee, but it's also not helpful to me and my recovery. And, you know, I learned through, you know, when Stacy was my sponsor about how like I need to let that sponsee go or like stop working with them so that I can show up and be of service to somebody else. And I have to have a conversation about that. I can't just ghost the sponsee, which is what I want to do. Like, I just want to be like, oh, they're not calling me. Okay. Then, you know, that's fine. I just, you know, I'll stop communicating with them. Like, but like, you know, she makes me call them and, you know, text them and, you know, close, like close the loop. And I've had to do that a few times, not very often, but it's like, you know, thanking them for, you know, be like working with me, wishing them the best, something like that. So that, you know, that's good for me and my recovery and, you know, showing up, you know, as a, as a good person in the world, like, you know, what would a good woman in recovery do, which yeah. you taught me as well. So, um, and also like, you know, like the fear of like, 
you know, how do I show up for the sponsee? Because we're, you know, we're meeting the sponsee where they are and, you know, do I know how to show up for them? And there are so many different ways to sponsor. Like I sponsor the way that I was sponsored, which is through the big book and other people sponsor other ways. There's unlimited ways to sponsor. And it kind of depends on where a person is in their own recovery. Like if it's a newcomer versus an old timer, and that actually reminds me, I'm going to put in a little plug right now for 12 day sponsorship, because um, if anybody is on this call and they're like worried about being a sponsor or worried about the commitment, um, there's also 12 day sponsorship, which is really for newcomers and for people returning to the program. And, you know, in my opinion, it's pretty low commitment and you're sharing your experience with a newcomer, but it's for a set amount of time, which is usually over the course of 12 or more days. And you can find out more about that on the Region 1 website. And I don't know, Marcia, maybe if you could post that in the chat, but it's, it's basically taking a newcomer through the where do I start pamphlet. And there's 12 reading assignments, 12 writing assignments, and it's a really good introduction to OA and helping people understand you know, what some of the acronyms mean and what some of the sayings mean and what abstinence is and, you know, what step one is about. Um, so if, you know, if anyone's worried about being a sponsor for the first time, maybe that is a good way to start is the 12 day sponsorship. And then at the end of the 12 day sponsorship, you, you know, I might talk to the sponsee about continuing to sponsor them in like a, a quote unquote real sponsorship way, or, I might help them to find a sponsor. And, you know, I've like, I've met some great sponsees through doing that where it's like, you know, like we're already starting the relationship through the 12 day sponsorship and then we just grow it from there. So yeah, so just a plug for 12 day sponsorship. If you have questions about that, we can talk about that later. Um, yeah. And just, you know, thinking about like the 12th step and it's, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And, you know, the spiritual principle is service. And, you know, like I have to give away what I've been given. And I lean very far into service because like I shared during my story, um, I cannot be in my morbid self-obsession or be in my disease when I'm doing service, as long as I'm coming from a good place. Like if I go overboard with service, then I might establish a resentment, which then leads me to food and having to make an amend. So I can't do too much service, but just enough service, which again, I don't have to decide that alone. Like Stacy said, like I, you know, I can talk to my sponsor. I can talk to partners in recovery. Um, you know, just to, to take the temperature. I mean, there was a point a few months ago where two or three or four people said to me like, boy, you're doing a lot of service. Maybe you're doing too much service. And the first person I'm kind of like, no, I'm not doing too much service. And then I'm like, wow, somebody else is saying that and someone else is saying it. I'm like, maybe they have a point. Um, and so I backed off a bit, um, which, you know, even though I felt like it was fine, it probably was out of balance. So, you know, it's just another example of, you know, we don't have to do this alone. And I, I can't remember, honestly, if we've already talked about this, but like if, 
you know, if a sponsee comes to us with something that like, you know, is not in my experience, like, you know, I have a sponsee that's, you know, like struggling with um, restriction and not eating enough. And I don't really have that part of my disease, except when I'm dieting, which I don't do anymore. So like I can help her up to my own experience, strength and hope, but I can't help her beyond that. And I'm, I'm glad to know that she's going to a nutritionist and, you know, getting some outside help. So yeah. Mm. Anything else? Such good stuff. And that, you know, it's another good example. I, Jennifer and, and my other close friend do so much of the, um, the 12 day sponsee piece. And I've done it a couple of times and I just felt like, I just felt a little too crazed by it. I'm do, I, I just wasn't, you know, I did all right, but then I wanted to, you know what I wanted to do? Let's be honest. I wanted to then go really help those two people. And I was like, I need the one, two, you know, so it's so great. And I still aspire, you know, to do that. Um, and I, I, it's such a great idea because you're, you're, you're not, you don't have to bite the whole thing at once. You can, you can get in there. Um, I was just going to read the 12 step too. So you read my mind. Um, and I did, um, I, I do love the, uh, the 12 and 12, um, of it's uh, of AA and it's not because I don't even go to a lot of those meetings. Food is my, my one and all food is my, uh, well, choosing, choosing God and the relationship with God and a bigger life over, you know, that extra comfort I think I'm going to get from food. That is what, um, that is what I wake up praying for. Um, and the prayer that I have, um, somebody, I heard a speaker say every day we wake up agnostic and I just love that because, you know, people talk about like yesterday's shower doesn't work. Well, I don't shower very much anyway, so that doesn't work. For me, but <laughs> I'm from Montana um, and my hair's dry. But um, this idea, I wake up agnostic every morning is just, okay, you know, I'm awake. And there's that old joke about, you know, everything's going great. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really in charge and I haven't made any mistakes. And that, you know, I think it's a needle point and that says, you know, but God, I'm going to get up soon and I might need your help. <laughs> That's kind of what they're saying. You know, um, I'm agnostic, but I want to lean towards higher power. I want to say, Hey, I am a gutter food addict left to, uh, untreated. I was untreated. I, I feel I am now recovered from bulimia and sugar addiction because it doesn't call to me. Those do not call to me anymore. And it's been years. I still take my daily medicine, which is my, my spiritual condition. Um, but I, but I struggle with overeating. Um, I, I want to undereat, but I don't, and I can't, you know, I, I, so I ask God in the morning and what I mainly ask God, because you guys have taught me this show me who you'd have me be. And it's not what you'd have me do. Show me who you'd have me be. And um, that's the fear prayer. Speaking of fear, right? God, I have fear about um, going to Thanksgiving heavier than I was last year. I mean, that's not what, what's up for me right now, but like I have a fear of telling, you know, making this immense to my husband, show me who you'd have me be, take away my fear. And so when I ask God to show me who he'd have me be, what it boils down to now is who might I help today? And now I just have a little list in my head. I kind of go, 
you know, both kids, do they, am I doing too much or too little? And like, have I, do I need to check in and then just listen? I kind of do the like, and then I go through sponsees and my husband and, and then kind of my extended family. But that I just, so that's like, I don't know, I'm sponsoring four people right now. It, it used to keep it at two, um, but I, I have a little more time now and it's just what it, what it is for me. But that's what I ask God for. Because you know what? After that, I get up. I'm not going to forget my list. I need more insulin for my daughter. I got to find a dog sitter. I got to the, 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 um, but when I wake up, who would you have me be? And so I wanted to, um, in the 12 and 12, this thing where you just read the st uh, 12th step and I was saying, you know, it's, it's not a spiritual awakening. You're not, you're not promised you're going to get this, this, and this having had a spiritual awakening. That's why we do all those, the steps and what we find, what I have found, if I do one and I get, you know, eight days, 10 days, 12 days of not throwing up, I can't tell you if you're like me, read your diaries and I've got 8 million diaries and I'm on day six and it goes for years, you know, before I started puking, it was God, if you help me be 132 pounds before freshman year, I'm going to kill myself. My diary, that's all it said over and over is things like that. And I was thinner, right? Um, so having had a spiritual awakening and I, and now the food's not got me by the neck and then I'm in two and three, I do all the steps, but I can't keep it unless I do 12. Mm -hmm. I can't tell how disappointing that was for me. Go back, you know, see the first tape of me and my fears and how do I sponsor? I can't do it. I'm not good at it. I get over-involved and then I want to disappear. Um, so in the 12 and 12, it says, here's what a spiritual awakening is. And I mean, I don't want to keep this. It says, here's what it is. And you want to keep it a spiritual awakening. We've all had different kinds, but it has one thing in common, the most important meaning of it. Oh, and this is on the, in the 12 and 12, 106 of the AA 12 and 12, um, which is really fun to read for this old fashioned, old timey boiled down steps. Um, one thing in common, when a man or a woman has a spiritual awakening, the most important meaning of it is she or he has now become able to do, feel, and believe that which he or she could not do before on unaided strength and resources alone. What do, feel, and believe? Eight million purges. I never, ever, ever could stop. Even if I stopped, I still didn't like myself. I like myself now so much. Sometimes it's a bit much. Do, feel, and believe. Jennifer cried next to me. <laughs> I believe there's help for all of us. No matter, you are not the worst bulimic. You're not the worst overeater. You haven't relapsed the most. Um, I always thought I had. So yes, how cool is that? So if I want to keep it, I'm not being generous. I have to, it says over and over, I have to give it away. Um, through the spiritual awakening, we tried to carry this message to um, overeaters and practice these principles. And then I just wanted to, um, I'll hand it back to Jennifer. But when you were saying like, we do do it differently, like, oh, there's this, that there's rise. I got to look up rise. I didn't know what that was. I might want to rise. I think I do. I like it. Um, but the message is this message, not a message or one of a couple messages or whatever message you like. It's this message, which is I can have a spiritual awakening. I can do, feel, and believe things I never could. I don't have to throw up another day in my life. I don't have to go back to it. It's these 12 steps 
that's the message. So it's, I just like to say, I like the idea. There's a beginning, middle and end and nowhere in there should be Stacy's program. It should be one through 12. And every time I sponsor someone, I will go off and I will do a little Stacy's program. And then I'll say to you, as I do with every sponsee, I'm sorry, I fell short. I've been letting us talk. I'm dominating. I will try to do better. Let's get to the work. And you learn those. So yeah, the message is one message, which thank goodness. And it's not, it's not an individual's message. It's the steps. Right. <laughs> right exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, there's something I want to read out of Voices Re of Recovery, but I also wanted to go back to that idea of connection because, you know, for me, so much of my recovery is connection and, you know, being a sponsor enhances my own program with that kind of connection and the opposite of addiction is connection. So, you know, I really have to show up and be present for a sponsee or otherwise, like Stacy said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to run the show and I'm going to be like, you have to do this and you need to do this. And mm -hmm. like, I, I can't do that. I need to just show up and follow, you know, what I've been given and share that with someone else. Um, so I want to read um, one entry from Voices of Recovery, which is on October 20th, which has to do with sponsoring. And I can see if I can read this. Um, Just as a sponsor is not responsible for the sponsoree's disease, Neither are we responsible for his or her recovery. And this is from a guide for sponsors on page 12. As I grow in the program of Overeaters Anonymous, I need to recall how it was in the early days of abstinence. The pink cloud effect made me believe that everyone could do just as I was doing. After having several sponsorees drop out of OA and others who found recovery in different ways, I came to the awareness that I was not in charge. Each person has his or her own path. I need to follow what is best for me and let go of other people's programs. And what this says to me is like, and I guess this goes back to the fears of like, you know, it's my responsibility that somebody gets recovery. You know, if I'm their sponsor, it's up to me for them to have recovery. And, you know, if they don't have recovery, it reflects badly on me. And I, you know, I need to be reminded that that's not true, that everybody has you know, their own path, everyone has their own higher power. And, you know, I can just show up and be of service to the best of my ability. And, you know, I really like that, you know, thing about, you know, I was not in charge, which, you know, I, I need to be reminded of that all the time in every way. So I just really like that reading. Um, and then, you know, I also wanted to, you know, talk about again, like the ninth step promises, on page 83 and 84 of the big book about, you know, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. And so much of that comes from being of service and, and being a sponsor, um, you know, doing esteemable acts for self-esteem. There was one other thing I wanted to share and then I'll pass it back to Stacy. but, oh, so I wrote down this quote from my big book that says, your problems will die of neglect if you stay busy in OA. And I totally get that because if I stay busy in OA and if I'm a sponsor and if I'm doing service, I, you know, I can't be in morbid self-obsession and I can't be spinning about how much weight can I lose by Christmas and like all those things. It's just, you know, I, I'm being of service and being of maximum usefulness to others. 
So I, you know, I'm super grateful for that. And I think there is so much hope and joy in being a sponsorship. And it's like, it's such a gift and such a good connection with people. Like, you know, like the connection that I have with sponsees and sponsors and, you know, people that I've had this relationship with are amazing. So mm. any other last, words? I just, I just noticed it's raining out and I'm sitting in a rocker with one of my very best friends and with my, my family on here. And I just never thought, um, that, you know what, this is like, so yummy. This is like, I mean, this is like my dream sheet cake and there's no hang. I mean, the hangover is, is, is just joyous. And I'm like, I'm full. And I feel like I want to be really sweet to my husband tonight. You know, I, that's what I want. That's, that's just crazy. I used to hate when my sponsor would, I was really in pain and she'd, she'd be like, yeah, okay. But, and have you prayed to, have you prayed about it? She'd always say, you know, or, well, let's get back. Kate, you have another amends to write. And I'll be like, I, that, are you not listening? The problem is peanut butter, you know? Um, and how beautiful because my sponsor my sponsor is not going to be swayed by my disease and my sponsor knows exactly what it is. And they're going to just be there for the solution. And I loved what you said too, Jen, about, um, for some reason, I'm a writer now. And, um, it really helped me to think how many chapters have there been in, you know, our lives, all of us and our recovery and how dare I, well, mostly it's perfectionism. If I have a sponsee and, you know, maybe she doesn't stop throwing up or maybe she gets, um, at one point I did stars for like a few times I threw up, um, a week, you know, um, maybe she gets through the 12 steps with me and, you know, fill in the blank. I am just somebody's little Eskimo for that chapter. And I had, I mean, you know, God love my different sponsors that maybe never saw me, you know, have much time from purging or whatever, but I've had at least 12 chapters, right? And now my sponsors, it's all about um, sponsoring, you know, and, and when I talk to my sponsors now, how are your sponsees? Oh, I'm talking too much. Or I've missed a call a couple of times. It just wasn't convenient because I'm a selfish so-and-so. Um, so the different chapters and that helped me so much to think, you know, just cause you're on with the step, you're on with the steps and the solution, but that, uh, doesn't mean it's going to look, you're going to get them. You don't know what chapter you got the person in. So that's again, how beautiful it's one message. It's 12 steps. You just follow all the instructions are right here. And I just heard someone on my 11 step meeting this morning say, I don't know why they weren't talking about this, but the, uh, 12 step has, I think they said 400 instructions on how to do it. <laughs> I, and again, my memory's bad. Could have been 40. No, it was like 400 though. Um, um, so funny. yeah, it tells us right here how to do it. And, um, and we can't do it wrong too. Cause we can always, um, can always be honest and say, Oh, mm -hmm. fell short. Thanks. Thanks Jennifer. And thanks Stacy. That's awesome. You guys covered it. Um, so now it's time for question and answer. So if you, let's see, I guess we could have a moment where people can turn on their cameras if they would like to do so. We can have that technology happen. And uh, we've got Deanne going first um, with a question. 
and we will raise our virtual hands. So take it away, Deanne. Deanne, you're gonna need to unmute first. There you go. Okay, I was saying not that it matters, but it's Diane. Um, but everybody mispronounces it, so that's okay. I just want to thank you all so much, so much. And you know what? I've had three sponsors, and everyone was exquisite, but they were two of them were just too busy. They were just too busy, and so I couldn't call. I could only call them at certain times. You know. Anyway, so now my. But they all want me to do the steps again, which has been enriching as well. Um, so. My now sponsor, want, I thought I had sailed through step four and step five, and she wants me to go back yeah. because I said I really hadn't harmed any of these people. And she said, but you need to still write everybody that you have resentment against a letter and tell them, you know, what, how you feel about them and then what harm they've done to you and then what gratitude do you have for them in your life? Well, that was a huge trigger for me. I mean, I just started crying and I didn't even think that it would affect me. And what you said today, when I hit my third step, it was so cataclysmic. And I realized that I'd used my eating disorders, my higher power, and all the good things I thought there were about me. But now thinking of each of these people as my higher power, that means I can look at them and take them off the throne. Um, and that was just such a great idea. Thank you. I will treasure that forever. Um and and I love what you said about I'll give you all of me, please give me all of you, because I tend to be kind of a section cut that way. But it was just so powerful, powerful, powerful. And the question I guess I want to ask is, uh, Stacy, um, you seem to are you a are you a day counter? Are you a counter? Or do you like do you have a 90 day? And now I'm 90 days. Now I'm, you know, uh, a standard for that or whatever. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, thank you for being here and for sharing. And um, my sister spoke in a oh hi oh. Know, a month or so ago. It's just gosh darn this program. I yeah. just feel like everyone's my best friend. Yeah. Um again for doing the work. Um, that's a great that is a good question. I I was just immediately trying to think, you know, because we're being because I feel like we're really in the solution today, because you asked us to be, it's like, oh, is that in the book? I don't think that's in the book, is it? Um, but so I would, you know, and I would say, okay, let's pretend our sponsor is on here. You know, um, my sponsor would have me do, um, she'd have me pray about it. Is that helping you? Is that helpful to your greater good? Is that, you know, um, so I preface that to say, you know, personally, I do, um, uh, because it's helped me. I think I'm sure there were times where maybe I didn't, you know, like when I would just kept relapsing and maybe I did, um, sometimes or like 90 and 90. Um, and I don't know, I don't think I said it at any time, but part of the sponsoring thing to me and just the steps and the whole deal, one of the things that gets me going is, you know, you hear someone's going to be fired from a sponsor or whatever, because they, they're not abstinent. And so I really, I really like to separate those like that is the God that's God's miracle. That is God's miracle. And so I show up, I wipe my hands in the grass and I'm there for my meeting. I have my book. I can do that, but I can't promise my sponsor. I'm not going to throw up on the way there. So um, it probably changes. 
I, you know what I, I have found, you know, I never, I never got to say this. And now I have some long-term with the eight years after 30 years of coming and not, you know, a year or two. So I have found um, that it, when it gets so far away, well, what do you know? It really is a huge, um, it really does feel like a huge different. I tend to count and I'll end with this. I think I am a counter because, you know, if you told me, Diane, like, I just can't get that first day. I freaking love our phones. I would say how many, like, here's my number. How many of us want to text and let's all do, you know, our first 24 hours with Diane. Like, let's do that day. I'm get me a ticket to Ohio. I wouldn't do that because that was be codependent, but like, let's do it. Like just for today. Um, so I, I, it helps me, but it's for sure. I think pretty personal, uh, mm. Okay, thank you. And um, one thing, a little kabat there. I have 53 years of binging and purging every single day or starving myself. So I'm 73. I started in my 20s. I have now um, almost 70 days of abstinence, which happened after my third step. But when you started talking about that, I always said I, I need to pray about or give away looking at it as my proving ground that that makes me good or bad that if I can go to a meeting and say oh I have 90 days and everybody cheers that's better than just going and showing up because it's not I feel anyway thank you you've given me so much to hold on to thank you thank you both absolutely so much Diane. Diane and we did want to put our numbers somewhere right Marcia did you yeah I'll put that I'll stick that in the chat thanks because I would love, I would love to be a support and talk to anyone any any more about any of this. So thank you so much, Diana. Bianca, you're next, please. Hello, ladies. Hey, Bianca. Um, speaker, ladies. Um, I will take the opportunity. I'm Bianca, compulsive overeater and hundred pounder. Um, I have to take the opportunity if I have two sponsors and I can ask a question. Uh, and you're not my sponsor, so I can really ask a question. Um, actually, two questions. Um, I'm sponsoring, and it's too much. I don't want to do it. Um, my previous my previous job profession was taking care of people, taking care of sick people. Before that, I was taking care of cancer dying grandparents. I was always taking care of other people and I have four kids and I'm tired of taking care of people. But I'm being told you have to sponsor. While I think in my healing process, it would be now the time I'm taking care of myself and not of other people. And so I do have two sponsees. They're not the typical sponsees. It seems like they're two two people who fall through the cracks with other sponsors being fired left and right. So I get them, but I don't want to do it. I can, I see that this is not good for me because it's a continuous thing of what I've done in the past, a continuous aspect of my disease actually. You know, that people pleasing, making everyone well, never taking care of myself. So, can you be in recovery without sponsoring? I know it sounds, it doesn't sound right when I speak it out, but I really would like to know, can I 
can I jinx my recovery and saying, okay, I'm not sponsoring until I'm ready and not being pushed by my sponsor or being pushed by people who think they know what's best for me. And my other question was, how do I get out of a sponsor-sponsor relationship? I mean, elegantly, pref preferably without having to talk about it. Like, um, I've just heard that ignoring, you know, you don't call me, fine. You're not talking about it. Um, I would like to get away from my sponsor. And I'm not brave enough to speak it out. I'm not brave enough to admit something is going on. But I'm not a person who ignores or, you know, ditching the person. So, yes, a little bit of a rambling on here, but um, I'm glad I could ask the question and I'm looking forward to your answers. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your questions. I think, like, I kind of want to respond to the second question first. And I mean, you know, this is like a, a program of self-care. So if, you know, things aren't working with your sponsor and, you know, if, if you've tried and you've talked to them and you've decided it's not working for you, I do think it would be good to say something. Um, I don't know what that is, but kind of, you know, kind of like if I had a sponsee I didn't want to work with, I would say something like, you know, it's not good or bad. It's, this is just not working. Um, you know, I want to wish you well. And I, you know, I need to do this to take care of myself and my recovery. I mean, would you mm -hmm. say that's true or? Yeah, that's the talk. You know, mm -hmm. my, my, my sponsor has told me about the talk um, and we've talked about it. And again, I mean, I, I just want to say, you know, I have this person in my life now that's another kind of sponsor person that leads a big book study. And he always just goes like this, you know, and he says, let's just take a minute. You know, we can all just take a minute. And especially I just heard, you know, I heard your truth and your little, you know, I heard sadness and I heard your truth and wanting more of a voice. And the ultimate for is to find a relationship with my higher power, which is deep down within. And so I love my sponsors will say, did you pray about it? You know, so then I can say, because she said it to me 8 million times when I wanted the actual answer, you know, have you prayed about it? Do you want to pray with me? Um, do you want to know what I think? You know, um, and I just am hearing, yeah, there's, there's the talk. And I, again, at my meeting, well, it's Friday, my meeting Friday, I go to a meeting a day, usually sometimes too. This woman talked about, we get to bookend, we no longer have to do anything alone. And she said, um, one time she was on the phone with, for five hours with someone while she did something. And I text, I chatted her. I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, my sister. So I immediately like, that's what we do. We can do a conference call and, and, you know, Jennifer's on mute while you talk to your sponsor, but you know that we're there or we're all on mute. We can call her now. You know, it's like, don't do these things alone. And um, my voice, my God voice in here is the most important. That's what everything's trying to get me to. Um, and if your little God voice is saying, you know, I, I'm just hearing like, and also I think about food being shoved down my throat. Like I really need to be able to say, no, 
because that helps me not shove food down my throat. So the talk is um, letting go of a sponsee or a sponsor. It's not good or bad. Um, this doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like you're ready right now. So then if I was letting go of a sponsor, I don't feel like I'm ready right now. I appreciate so much everything you've ever done. We write a nice card. We write a card to a sponsee that, that fires us. Thank you for helping me stay sane. Um, and just to know there's a talk. We don't have to make this. There's a talk. I appreciate everything you've done. And then one thing I heard um, recently this last year, I don't know, I was coming out of something. I didn't have sponsees for a little bit and I usually do. I didn't freaking want them, Bianca. I don't, I don't want them either. No, I want a sheet cake. So you can kind of see, you know, my best thinking, but she didn't make me and nobody made me and my sponsor, but I heard a speaker that was God. And she said, if you don't want to be of service, pray to want to. I'd never heard that before. I prayed to want to and things shifted. So, um, I just think we can't do it wrong. There aren't rules. There are, there are guidelines, but they're not always all the time. So of course we understand this is a step we're trying to get to, but also we don't say back in step two, Bianca, believe in a God, big G God, or you're screwed. And also start sponsoring someone or you're screwed. We, we find our way together. I don't know if that answered. Thank you very much. And sure, you've got your hand raised. Hi, friends. Uh, I'm a compulsive reader and bulimic. My name is Sherry. Uh, thank you so much, Jennifer and Stacy. I am so glad that I was here. And I actually, if it's okay, wanted to just um, uh, offer something about sponsorship that uh, I heard. Um, and it's in reflection to what was just shared. And that is, uh, my understanding is that the word sponsor is actually not mentioned anywhere in the big book. Um, it talks about us needing to work with others, but it actually doesn't say the word sponsor. That's something that's been created as time's gone on. And so um, that has helped me uh, because there's been plenty of times where I I just didn't have it in my spiritual bank account, as they say, you know, my um, I remember distinctly, uh, it was 2005. And my father was in a really serious car accident. And at the time, I had like 10 sponsees. And I just loved every single one of them. And I didn't have it. It wasn't fair to hang on to them, because I just did not have it to give. I was so um just yeah so spent um helping my father and so I let go of all of them except for two and I just kept the two that I'd had the longest because that was the only way I could think it would be fair otherwise people would be like well why did you keep her and not me or um but um but anyways that that word but I it was indicated to me that I still can offer myself uh, and be helping others and getting help from others as well without there being that word sponsor attached to it because there is a lot of of responsibility there and um, and pressure I think too and and it allowed me to not have to have that that pressure at a time I just didn't have it to give although I do love the idea of being a sponsor and being sponsored um, under that um, you know with the, with that um, 
the sort of guidance that we've been given and program of what that means. Um, but it it actually, as far as I remember, isn't mentioned anywhere in the big book as a word that we need to follow uh, any directions around that outside of giving giving it away so that we can keep it. Uh, anyways, thanks so much for listening to me share. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and I forgot to say, we, we this is can also be open sharing, does not need to be direct questions. Who else would like to ask a question or share what's on their heart? I do feel, uh, this is Stacy again, and I do feel, and I'm not, there's no, there's no right or wrong. And I, I totally love, yes, sponsorship isn't in here. I have found as an OA person, a big piece of my recovery, because we're on this topic, by year 12, when I couldn't stop purging, I did find Al-Anon and it's a sister program, but I found, and I see a lot of times with my sponsees and overeaters, a lot of times we just, that, that boundary thing, it just, I just don't get it. And, um, nine times out of 10, my sponsees, I don't send them there or whatever. But so, um, I, I found for me, I was missing out because I could not sponsor because I had um, behind the food. Every time I slip with food still, it's because I've had a, a, a people slip. It always is. Uh, can't even believe it. I can walk it right back. Um, so I would also say, uh, I, I personally, I don't do this to be good or to check off that last step. This is the step that has saved my hiney. It's the one I could never do. I got a lot of growth and learning through mistakes and how to actually have a healthy relationship with boundaries that has then informed my alcoholic family who I'm very close to, all that stuff, my husband. So I got to practice in here. But this is the pro, this is the thing that saved me because when I'm doing whatever I'm doing and stuff happens. I said I would meet you before the meeting at 845 at Yahoo and tell you what, I have a couple of those a week and those are my little lily pads that have saved me over and over through the last several years with a huge caveat. And if I could say one thing in sponsoring, there is a way that I don't do perfectly, but I was taught to do it so clean with just the 12 steps and instructions on when you meet, how you meet and what goes down, that it feels like a, it feels very safe. And that's in, and I don't know that we talk about that enough, you know? And when I, like, if I'm hanging out with my sister and she gets calls, she'll put it on, she'll just talk about their lives and helping them for hours. And when she hangs up, I want to eat, but that's how I used to do it. So I just want to put out there, I want to always move toward that solution. I need to know how to do that because I want to get out of myself and I get to relive my miracle with every sponsee. And if I can't relive my miracle, I will relapse. I'm not trying to get good or be a helper. I can't, that'll kill me. It almost killed me. So, you know, that's, it's out there. And I'm lo I love to talk about, you know, it's even formulaic and whatever. We don't have time, but um, give me a call if you want to learn more about that, what I've learned from my sponsor. Thanks, Stacey. Um, 
Well, I've got a question. Um, thanks so much, you guys. I think um, I, I do want to ask questions about, you know, how to find a sponsor. Um, and maybe more because, um, well, there's so many things on my mind around sponsoring and sponsor sponsoring and sponsor being a sponsor, um, being a sponsee. But I guess the thing that's really on my mind and, and is going with what the theme at the moment of boundaries. Um, there have been times when I do not have a clean exit strategy, and and I get sucked in. And and I do work a. Uh, not Alan, but another people program. So, you know, it definitely it's it's this arena where I get to practice and make mistakes for sure. Um, but I guess I just want to offer my hope that, um, and I think possibly Jennifer, you suggested this to me, that the twelve day sponsoring. Uh, program is is very defined um it's very easy to follow and you know it's way it's way approved it's right up there on the website and so um i i kind of made a decision recently that going forward when if someone should ask me to sponsor them i'm going to suggest that that we start off uh doing doing it that way and then we'll just have a time to see if it's a fit mm -hmm. um yeah and I did post those two documents or those two links are in the chat for anybody who might want to check that out. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess I've had this idea that being a sponsor is like, my job is to listen. My job is to find out, my job is to help them find their way to a higher power. And so I don't know what that looks like. And so the sort of prescribed met other than the 12, I like the prescription of the 12 day. Um, oh, it's going to lower my hand. Okay, good. Um, so um, the, you know, I guess, you know, when I work with someone through the big book, it takes so long, which, which I feel is important. You're developing a relationship with yourself, with your sponsor and with your higher power. And that takes time. Um, but it feels like there's just not a lot of, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it feels like I get trapped sometimes and I'm not able to, I, and oh, and I wanna thank you guys. I've learned a lot of language today that I can use um, that will really help me to, to have those conversations when I, when I'm not having good boundaries, I can say, mm, you know, I'm really dominating here. Like let's, let's, let's redirect. That's great. Anyway, many, many phrases you guys shared with me today. Um, and so the bottom line is, um, again, like back to your sharing your stories, I don't have to do any of this by myself. And um, including when someone asks me to be a sponsor, I can say, so what we tell people is to find someone that has what you want and ask how they're achieving it. Would you like to hear how I'm achieving it? And what about what you see is, a, is, is what you want? And let's see if that's a, a fit. I don't know. 
So I'm toying with different ideas about how to approach exit strategies. Mm -hmm. But one thing I can say about when it, when it hasn't worked for me with a sponsor relationship, um, when that happens, I look back and I can see it wasn't, it, it's not working for, for anyone. If it's not working for me, it's not working for anyone. And so it's time to have a conversation. Okay. That's what I got. And if you found a question out of that, um, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Thank you. Thanks, Marcia. I, I just was thinking, and I think you kind of wrapped up with, you know, the, like, we don't have to do it alone. You know, like we don't, like, I don't, I don't have to figure it out. Like, that's not one of my tools is to figure it out. But, you know, there are people that have gone before us and people that have dealt with this. And, you know, like Stacy taught me like the talk and I have like two or three sentences written down that, you know, I almost use as a script and, you know, and just talking about it. And like you said, like, it's, you know, if it's not working for me, it's probably not working for the other person either. Mm -hmm. I love you had a, your first question is like how to find someone and that can be really hard and I have been taught um, if someone asks me to sponsor them first of all because I am a people pleaser I have my number it's two it's like a sleep number bed whatever you know and, and now it's four and I know where I'm at with all of them but if I can't sponsor you I will I'll say I have two I'm so sorry because I can't Oh my gosh, if like you asked me, I'd be like, yes, I always wanted to come for a sleepover or whatever. It can't be personal. And, um, and but then my sponsor said, but I am willing to help you find one because this, my sponsor said, you don't just leave it because people leave the program. Maybe you're the 10th freaking person they've asked. And then how I help you find one, first of all, is I think, are any of my sponsees ready or about to be ready? I call them, we do a text thing, my sponsor we go to a tell step, we start a big book study, you know, because that's how we can be of service. Like someone's really good point, um, Sherry, it's, you know, uh, working with others, passing on what we've found. And my God, sometimes when I've had a couple bad days recently, I feel like I'm going to die if you don't help me right now. So think about the person like back when, what if I just relapsed with bulimia and I had a year? I don't want to freaking hear about you have too many or what I, I am going to die. And that's the book also says, and I think that's so important about letting people go. It's, we don't, you know, you, you have to be willing. And when, when I think about when each of us were willing, when I was willing, I'd pull up to my sponsor's house early. I'm late for lots of stuff. I was never late. And she praised me because I also didn't knock on the door early. I waited till the exact time. I was afraid of her. I did everything she said because I was desperate. Um, so if people can't do the one thing, like get there on time, and it's been a few times, that's when I'll have the talk. Because someone that's thinking about shooting themselves because they can't stop throwing up is waiting for us. So it's not personal. And that's why we say it's not good or bad. Um, and then the rest of the talk, I should say, we always say my sponsor, this is what my sponsor taught me. We say, I will always be your sponsor. So if you're ready to work the steps again, that's great. But I may have filled your spot because I need the people, but it's not. And so usually they never come back, but we, we also share that it's not, it's just not your chapter right now. If you can't make it to the meeting point. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, we got to help other people find sponsors or say, I'll be your partner recovery. Text me tonight, but I'm not your sponsor. I'm full. Thank you. Okay, Carol and your iPhone, please, uh, please go ahead. Sorry, I couldn't unmute. Um, hi. So um, my question is to, to, to be a sponsor of any kind, like the 12-day sponsor or, or just a regular sponsor, um, presumably you need to have gone through all of the steps, right? Um, I have an answer for everything because my sponsor taught me. Now, this is different. You'll hear different people. This is my lineage. When you have done your first few amends, you will sponsor. If you have trouble, you're trying, you're not ready, we'll talk about it. But that's how she says it works um, because then you're into 10, 11, and 12, which is more maintenance. And so I just freaking love answers because I'm so lost and I'll make stuff up and I'll get overwhelmed and I'll fire everyone while eating a sheet cake. So um, that's what I was taught and um, kind of makes sense. But then other people, you can be of service, which I freaking love what Sherry brought up. Like we're, you're, I'm at my second meeting, you're at your first or whatever, let's go have coffee. Um, let's do the 12 things together. Let's find a sponsor together, Wh whatever. I don't know, but that's the answer. That's my lineage and um, take it or leave it. Okay. Uh, so that's helpful. I have another question. Can I answer, ask another question? So how long, how long do you need to be abstinent for before you sponsor someone? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, again, I have no power over my abstinence. Um, but when I, uh, you know, when I had done all my amends except the IRS, um, which I still haven't done and I'm not quite willing and I'm not sure, but I try to say the truth. Um, I, I sponsor when I've gone through the steps, I've had a spiritual experience, a spiritual awakening which is I can now do, be, and feel things I'd never been able to feel. Do I get to control if I, you know, if I binge and purge on the way home today? Um, I don't. I'll tell you about it. The other day when I ate the popcorn, I called the sponsee just because I thought she's going to like this. She's struggling. I left her a big old message about me and my popcorn. Not everyone does that, but I knew she'd be happy. She called me back. She was so goddamn happy about my message. She felt so good. Um <laughs> You've had your spiritual awakening, I mean, a long time ago, right? Yeah, and it's continuing. It's so great. And you can read that in the appendix. I had it with the cell phone that kept telling us to remember to call God in the meeting yesterday. I haven't had it today for sure. You know, we all have something. So okay. we all have so much. But yeah, abstinence. I mean, I shouldn't say that. There are some areas of OA you have to have a certain amount and stuff. And, um, you know, I can, if my sponsor's throwing up every day or something and struggling, um, I might choose, I might choose to get someone else, but I that there's no language like that in here. Um, also it's different with AA, but that's my understanding, <laughs> my take. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. She's nodding, not because I know everything, but because I sponsored her. Right. So, whoa, she's <laughs> like, same answer. Yeah. I don't, there are many other flavors. <laughs> 
but okay. it's steps, yeah. Thanks, Stacey. I do want to read, I didn't read this yet, and then it might be, I know we're getting close, but you know that hope piece of why, you know, what's the hope and why do we do this? I love the promises of the 12th step that's in working with others, chapter seven, page um, 89. And I'm thinking about who's our little sweetie that's uh, Bianca um, and all of us. That's crosstalk, I guess, but maybe not working with others. Um, the first part is practical experience shows nothing will so much ensure immunity from relapse, I'll say, as intensive work with other compulsive overeaters. However that work is, whatever that work looks like. Um, this is our 12th su suggestion, carry this message to others. I can help when I know with, no one else can. And also Diane, I was told a long time ago with all my relapse, I wanna be the queen of relapse help. You know, she can't help me with relapse. She didn't, re you know, I don't know exactly, but like, I am, I have that call me, right? I'm never gonna be like, I don't know what you're talking about. So my struggles can help others where nothing, where others won't. Um, and so here's the promises, which I want, because I want good stuff. Life will take on new meaning to watch people recover. Have we seen that? Everybody have seen, you know, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you. Like we're planning our, you know, go to Mexico together. Like it's, you know, and, and Marsha's going to help me with my colonoscopy next week. Cause I'm afraid, um, a fellowship grow up about you to have a host of friends. This is an experience you, and we circle all the musts in the big book. You must not miss. I have chills. You must not miss this. We know you'll want you, you won't want to miss the uh, frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. That's what I'm shooting for. I'm not shooting for helping a lot of people so I can tell my sponsor I'm sponsoring or whatever. I want the good juju. And, um, and if I'm not getting it, I just need more help. And then I'll mess up again and then I'll need more help. But it is the bright spot. Well, on that note, we are going to close this meeting. Thank you all so much for sharing your experience, strength, and hope on sponsorship. Um, it's been a privilege to be here with you all. It was so wonderful to have you, and we appreciate you sharing your experience, strength, and hope while giving service to OA. Together, we get better. A reminder that the opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. Please remember to honor our commitment to each other's anonymity. Take the stories, but leave the names behind. OA Rise's goal is twofold, to provide speaker meetings twice a month and to maintain a website to store the recordings of our speakers for both you and the OA Fellowship. Please give what you can to keep OA Rise going, we will post the seventh tradition contribution one information one more time in the chat. OA Rise needs members to give service to this meeting. It is a very simple commitment that includes attending one business meeting and one speaker meeting per month. No Zoom experience is necessary. Please send a message to one of the co-hosts if you are willing to give service. Additionally, we are always looking for speakers and speaker suggestions. 
Thank you everyone for being with us today. After we close the meeting, we will open up the chat for a short period of time and you can unmute yourselves if you'd like to connect with others. And uh, don't forget that I did post Jennifer and Stacy's uh, contact numbers in the chat. Please join us for another wonderful share of experience, strength and hope at our next speaker meeting, which is two weeks from today on December 3rd. We hope to see you all there. Did I get that wrong, Janice? Uh, after a moment of silence, we will close with the unity prayer or Roseanne's prayer. Um, Bianca, can you post that for us? And I will speak it out loud and I, I invite those of you who wish to join me silently. The unity prayer. I put my hand in yours and together we can do what we could never do alone. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must we each depend upon our own unsteady willpower. We are all together now reaching out our hands for power and strength greater than ours. And as we join hands, we find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. Thank you, everyone. Keep coming back. Yay.